0: Good morning. If you have your Bibles, why don't you open with in Matthew chapter five? Matthew chapter five. I want to go ahead and take this time to welcome our visitors. Uh, we thoroughly enjoy having you here worship with us this this morning, and uh, we know if we've really enjoyed it, we hope that you have too. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask any one of us. We'd love to answer them or just help you understand more about us and what we do little quick house note, Uh, the high school Devo that normally is held on the first night of the month is still happening this month. It's going to be at the Hudgens house, I believe at 5 this afternoon. So high schoolers, if you didn't know, now you know, but your parents probably knew already. Uh, I will go ahead and say that it feels good to have this hour. Uh, It does feel like it's the first step of a graduation program and part of me is kind of fearful and hopefully not that when I come back from my trip, I hope my office is not turned into a storage space because I can, I can see the end of the road of this internship and it is a bittersweet moment. Bailey and I have loved these past two years and I won't dwell on this too much because it will make me really sad, but we have cherished our time and we are going to continue to cherish every single moment we have with you all for, our, for the rest of the time that we have. Matthew chapter 5 is where I want to pick up, and we're going to begin in verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Have you ever had those moments in your life or or met those people that have just been really rude? That you've talked to them and you've had situations where they just put you down and treat you unfairly and you always leave those conversations or situations with a, a really bad taste in your mouth? Or have you ever really looked on Facebook or any type of social media and seen an argument play out in the comments where there's just so much hate and vitriol that you can wonder how these people even started talking about something in the first place? Or if not any of those, have you ever just wanted to lash out at someone who's treated you poorly? Those moments where someone said something to you and it's it's kind of set you on edge and you just want to get back. You want to say something that hurts them as much as they've hurt you. Today's society is is kind of all about these actions, these these look out for yourself and retaliate how you feel best moments. And in a world such as this where where all we can do is turn around and see people arguing with each other or, or spewing hate at one another and being rude to each other, we have to ask ourselves a question. What is a Christian supposed to do in a world like this? What is a Christian supposed to do in moments like these where we're treated rudely? Or unfairly? Are we supposed to respond like everyone else? Are we supposed to act out because, well, we feel hurt and sad? What do we do? In Matthew chapter 5, we are given an answer. Jesus is a wonderful teacher. And what he does here, after speaking on retaliation in just the verses beforehand, he talks to his disciples about how they're supposed to handle difficult situations, rude people, hard times, And he teaches his disciples that it's going to be tough, but there is an expectation that God has. And so this morning, what I want to do is focus on that teaching. You see, Jesus teaches his disciples to love the unlovables. And when I say unlovables, I mean something very simplistic. There are those people in this world that, you know, they just seem like we just can't love them. Like they hurt us so much that it's hard to wrap our mind around, well, how am I ever going to show love to someone who just doesn't deserve it, who seems, who feels unlovable? Jesus is teaching us all about this in this passage, and he he does so wonderfully. But we have to learn how to love these unlovables by what Jesus teaches us, because that's what he expects of us. That's what his Father expects of us. And Jesus clearly views this as this important teaching, otherwise he wouldn't have mentioned it. And so when we ask ourselves this question, how do we love the unlovables, or what does it mean to love the unlovables, Jesus gives us a very simple answer. Look with me in verse 48, please. Verse 48, you therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus tells us that if we want to love the unlovables, then we need to be perfect, now, I, I, I know when I put that up there, when I say that, it sounds so daunting. Because there are some times when I look in the Bible, and I, I wonder if you all have had this feeling where you read something and you just wonder, how on earth am I going to do that? When we read statements like this to be perfect, like my Father in heaven is perfect, it's, it's one of those statements for me. How on earth am I going to be perfect? I'm flawed. I'm messed up. Perfection means to be flawless. It means without mistake or blemish. And when we hear perfection, there's an immense amount of pressure put upon it. Because if you make one mistake, then it messes it all up. And so sometimes when we see these ideas in the Bible about perfection, when Jesus talks about this, it's easy to just, I can't do that. I got to give up now. I'm just going to throw in the towel now because I can't be perfect. But one of the things I love about Jesus, and I love about the way he teaches, is he's not sitting here telling his disciples, be perfect, and doesn't elaborate on it. He doesn't just expect something and expect them to meet them without teaching them. Because throughout this passage, he gives them the ways they can be perfect. The ways that he expects them to meet that perfection. He tells them two simple things. They need to go beyond the world's expectations. And they need to act like children of God. That's how you can be perfect with your love towards those who just seem like they can't be loved. Yes, Jesus is asking for perfection. Yes, it seems daunting. Yes, it seems difficult. But it's not impossible. In fact, when we dig through these ideas of what he's teaching us, we're going to see that it is very possible and and almost seemingly easy and simplistic. In verse 43, we read, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And down in verse 46, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Jesus teaches his disciples that if they want to be perfect in loving the unlovables, they need to go beyond the world's expectations. The world tells them and it tells us that it's okay to just respond in like to how you're treated. He talks about the tax collectors and and how they love those who love them. He talks about the Gentiles who greet only other Gentiles. That's how the world is. Jesus doesn't expect us to do only what the world does. He expects us to go above and beyond that. The tax collectors and the Gentiles do the bare minimum. They do the easy thing. Because they, it's easy, like Daniel mentioned as we, we were starting our songs, it's easy to love those who love you. It's easy to love those who are kind and nice and who always brighten your day because they haven't hurt you. And likewise, it's easy to greet your friends and your family because you know them. It's comfortable. It's easy. Jesus doesn't tell us that we're supposed to be doing the easy things here. He expects us to do something difficult. And that's by going above and beyond. But there's a reason why it's easy to only meet the bare minimum. Or why it's easy to not respond with kindness to those who are hurtful or mean. Or greet those who you don't know. It's easy because of emotion. You see, when I'm angry, it's easy to lash out and hit back. Or say things that I don't mean. When I'm sad... It's easy to, to say hurtful words because I am feeling hurt. When I'm uncomfortable, it's easy to just hide in my own little shell and not reach out or greet anybody because I don't want to be uncomfortable. Emotions make go doing the bare minimum easy when it comes to love because if, if we look at what is hard about not giving in to our anger and not lashing out, Well, it feels good, and it feels quick, and you get a quick release from saying something or lashing out because of anger. You get a quick relief of that awkwardness that it comes from greeting someone by just hiding back and taking a deep breath and saying, oh, glad I missed that. Glad I I didn't have to feel awkward for much longer. Our emotions come quick, and we don't always think before we do, and because of that, we don't always love those who are hurtful to us. We don't always love the unlovables. And not only do our emotions make this easy, but like I said, society makes this very easy. Because society's response is to retaliate in kind. Wherever we look, we see society saying it's okay to lash out and to give in to your emotional response. That that's you being you. We see debates on television or social media where it goes from arguing about things that seemingly matter to poking holes in the other person, because that's how you're going to get bonus points. We see athletes tear each other down because they present some type of competition to them, and it's easy to just whittle down the other person's character and how they are instead of just dealing with them on the field. The world has these expectations for us, and it's easy to look at the world and say, well, I can do just like that. I can give in to my emotions. I can show my anger or my sadness, and people will understand. And in fact, even if I give in to my emotions, I can still be successful. I can still be seen as a relatively good person if I just have those moments of relative weakness, and I only love those who are my friends or greet those who are my friends. The world teaches that meeting the bare minimum is okay. It can be done. But when we look at Matthew 5, we clearly see that Jesus teaches something completely opposite than that. And again, back in verse 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus is teaching his disciples that he completely expects them to do more than the social norm. He completely expects his disciples to do more than just love those who love them, like the tax collectors. He expects his disciples to do more than just greet those that they know, like the Gentiles. Jesus wants us to love those who seem unlovable. He wants us to greet those that we may not feel comfortable, or we we aren't in our, our comfortable skin going out of our way to greet people. Jesus expects us to meet these expectations or go beyond the world's bare minimum. Because that's what makes us perfect in loving other people. And again, being perfect is not easy. It's not going to always be easy. But we can see what Jesus says when he teaches his disciples to be perfect in this instance. That here's how you do it. This means that we need to be showing love to those who hurt us. That those people who say something our way make fun of us for for praying before meals or, or ostracize us for our own faith. We need to treat them with the same love and kindness that we would treat our family or in our Christian family. This means that we reach out a a helping hand or we go out of our way to greet someone, even if they're not of the same race as us, even if they don't sound like us, even if they don't look like us or act like us. Because Jesus expects that, because that's showing love to someone else. This means that we love our neighbors and we love our enemies. That we view them in the same light, that they are still God's people, that God created them just as much as He created you or me. And He expects us to love them as much as we love each other. The world tells us that this isn't necessary, that you can look out for yourself and your family, and everything's gonna be okay. You can love your close group of friends, and nothing's going to change. Your life is actually gonna be pretty good, and it will be all right just meeting the bare minimum. Jesus tells us, he expects us to go beyond the world's minimum. That if we want to be perfect, if we want to love those who seem unlovable, we are going to go out of our way to show that love. And in verses 44 through 45, Jesus doesn't just leave us hanging here about, here's how, go show love, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but go show it. In fact, Jesus tells us, this is how you're going to show love. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that, may, that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Jesus tell us, tells us that if we want to be perfect in this showing of love, that we need to act like children of God. And again, one of the things I love about Jesus and his teaching is that he doesn't just leave that hanging. He doesn't just cut off there. You see, if we want to act like children of God and loving each other, we have to know what God loves like. We have to know how God shows his love. And that's what he does in verse 45. Jesus tells us that God raises the days up for the just and the unjust. He sends the rain on, the, on, on everyone, on the evil and the righteous. God's love is not just shown to his people. He's not just showering love and nourishment on one corner of the world or one group of people. He's showering it on everyone. Jesus reminds his disciples of God that God does raise these days for these people, for all people. I can only imagine, you know, how it must have looked like or or what the disciples might think on after Jesus dies. Because God sends his son to die for the sins of the world so that we have that opportunity at salvation. And he doesn't just stop right there. He doesn't, after his son dies, he he doesn't just cut off time. Another day comes, and then another. You see, God continually shows his love to, to fulfill those promises he made and then to offer that opportunity to all people. He showers rain on all corners of the world. He raises the days on all people. And when we look at this, when we understand that that's how God shows love, then we have to understand that's how we need to be showing love. God's example of love pours out from the Scripture. We can look at all the different stories of how He treated His people, the Israelites, and how He treated those who weren't in His people. But if we, need to be per- or if we want to be perfect, if we want to know how God loves, and if we want to act like children of God, then we need to be studying in the Scriptures to understand more about God. We need to be reading those stories and those examples of God's love and His character so that we can know how to respond in times where it's hard or difficult. This may mean before any hard situations, we we dwell on God's thoughts in Scriptures. We read those times where he, He dealt with those people who were cursing His children, who were putting His Son upon the cross. We dwell on how God handled those situations. This may mean we pray and ask God for strength in our situations of difficulty. When we are going into those times where we're going to have to deal with an unlovable person. Because if we, want to let, or if we want to be like God's children, we have to let his example drive us in our actions. We have to know what he wants or how he would act in order to act that way. Jesus tells his disciples to act like God's children in loving those who seem unlovable. He tells them that this is what he expects of them, and then he tells them how to do it in verse 45, or verse verse 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Showing love to someone goes back to our first point about going beyond the world's expectations. Showing love to someone means that we care for them. We treat them with kindness and reach out to them even if they wouldn't do the same for us. It means we go above and beyond what, what the world might do. To do what Christ would do. But it can be very difficult in today's society because the definition of love in today's society is very fluid. It changes from one person to the next. In today's society, love means toleration and being completely okay with something everybody does. Love means that we can't talk or disagree about sin. That God loves all people and that He's okay with me because He loves me. And any time a Christian might point out something or or talk about what the Bible says about sin, well that's not showing God's love. You're not loving like God does because God still loves me no matter what I do. Society's definition of love is very fluid. And if we want to understand how we can act like children of God and loving our enemies, we have to look at the firm definition of love. We have to look at God's love which isn't is not changing. It's not going to differ from one opinion to the next or one situation to the next. God's love is a caring love. He cares for His people, but it is also a a just love, a firm love. He corrects His children because He wants them to be His children, to stay His children. And when I think of this idea, I think of parents. Parents who love their kids and want them to grow up to be good people. And so they correct them by, by telling them not to do something that's wrong and punishing them for doing something that's wrong so that they won't do it again or so that they will grow out of bad habits to be better, better people. God's love is, is that kind of love but on a far grander scale. He wants his people or people of all, all around the world to reject sin, to come to him, to, to turn their lives over to him because he cares for them and because he can save them. His judgments are not out of hurt or just because he wants to make man pained or or sorrowful. But his judgments come because he's trying to bring people back to him. Jesus tells us to act like God in this instance. To love like God does to our enemies. That means we still love someone even though they sin. We still show kindness. We still show care to them. But the love we show does also have that that aspect of remaining true to what God says in His Word. To remaining firm on where sin is and where it should not be. On how to overcome it or or what does not need to be in our lives as God's people. We show love to our enemies by caring for them. By treating them kindly and fairly just as we would treat someone else or, or a Christian in our lives. Our first response to hurt needs to be changed. I think of my own life, and for me, it is so easy that when I've been hurt or when I I feel down or sad, that my first response is often like sadness or anger. I lash out. I say things I don't mean because I'm tired and grumpy, and I, I just haven't had my day go my way. Our first response to that needs to be changed. Instead of retaliating with more anger and more pain, we need to return with care and kindness. And again, this is far easier said than done. So if we want to do this, we have to prepare for these situations. The best time to prepare for these difficult situations is way before. By, by understanding how we can handle those situations better, by thinking about it. Well, how am I going to handle if, brother, or if, if so-and-so comes up to me and, and tells me that my faith is useless, that I'm just, just being a silly person? How am I going to handle that? Am I going to just fly off the cuff and, and tell him that he's being silly and, and he's being foolish? Or am I going to be calm and kind and try and see what he's really saying? When we make up our mind like this, when we prepare for this, it is much easier in those situations then to actually follow through, to have that goal in our mind to say, I'm going to get through this conversation or this situation by showing love to this other person, by treating them with care and with kindness and listening to them and responding without anger or hurt because someone or everyone has something going on there in their life. Sometimes those conversations or those situations we deal with where we're being hurt by someone comes because that person has been hurt. Comes because that person is having a difficult day and they just don't know where to expel that kind of energy. So those are the moments where we can be that listening ear. We can be the one to ask what's really going on to see if everything is okay with them. And we can grow a relationship where it might seem like a a, a relationship between someone who has been so hurtful or rude just can't be grown. Jesus tells us not only to love our enemies, but to pray for them. I don't know about you, but praying good things or praying for something in someone's life to be better that is rude and hurtful to me is not an easy thing. It is not my first thing that I think of when I think about someone who's hurt me, that, oh, I need to, I need to pray that their life goes well. But that, that's what Jesus expects here. Jesus expects us to be praying for them. So we can pray for them to overcome whatever trial they may be going through in their life. We can pray that whatever is going on in their life, it, it brings them back to God. We can pray that our relationship with them can be mended or fixed. So the next conversation we have is a little more pleasant or a little more easy. We can pray for their families to be healthy and to to be successful. We can pray for them to be safe on their drives home or on their travels. We can pray for their hearts to be softened and and opened up to God's word. We have so many things we can pray about for all people, especially those who are are rude or hurtful or, or persecute us for our faith. And that's what Jesus expects of us. That if we're going to love the unlovables, if we're going to be perfect, we are going to act like God's children in that we show love and we pray for those who are hurtful, who are rude. Jesus teaches us to love all people. He teaches us to show love like his Father shows love. Verse, 40, verse 44 and 45, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus expects perfection in loving people. But he shows us how to do that. He tells us that we have to go above and beyond what the world might do. He tells us to act like sons of God, children of God, because then we do have a reward. This idea of perfection does seem daunting. It does seem difficult, but it helps when we see Jesus clearly explain what that looks like. Loving all people, even our enemies, separates us from the world. It makes us different. It makes us more like God. And that may help to bring people to God. It may help people see God through us and and wonder why we respond the way we do when things just don't seem to be going right. Loving the unlovables is not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be the, the first thing that is on our mind when we encounter situations like that. But it's worth it. To become more like Christ. It's worth it to be more like God. To learn how to love like like God. To have our first response be prayer and love for those who hurt us. Will you pray with me about that? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the love of God. We are so thankful that you have showered your love upon us and you have cared for us. And we pray, Father, that as we look at your love, we are able to apply that to others in our life. That we can mold our love like yours and show it to all people that we meet. That we overcome those, those doubts or, or emotions of anger and sadness. The feelings of uncomfortableness that might come from reaching out. And we pray that we can show love or, or have the strength to show love when times are difficult. Father, we pray that in those times where we feel weak or like we can't do it, that we turn back to you. That we see your love on this world, to see the way you sent your son to die for us. And recognize that that's the love we need to have for others. We pray that as we go throughout this week that we show this love to all people. That we care for them. That we reach out. That we act like you in all that we do. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.